Indeed, it is very, very cold outside out here in Johannesburg, but otherwise, stay warm wherever you may be in the country. Timia coming through with cold. It's just gone 46 minutes past 8 o'clock. It is Wake Up on Metro FM. We still have our personal mastery with clinical psychologist Dr. Tepi Somatenchi. Doc, are you still there? I am here. I'm fine. I cannot hear my voice, so that's good. Perfect, perfect. As long as we smooth sailing here, we'll pick up from where we just left off with you, where this desire of control comes from. Of course, we're talking about many moments in our lives where we feel a little bit better when we feel like we are in control of situations. But let's break it down. Where it just stems from? It stems from fear, like I was saying. And it is important for people to recognize what the source of fear is. Sometimes it is fear of losing a person or being abandoned by them or basically feeling like if you're not good enough or the person is not doing what you expect, then you feel insecure in the relationship. But there might also be feelings of disappointment and hurt that you are trying to protect yourself from because previously things have happened when you were relaxed or when you were thinking that everything is okay and then certain things happened and now you were hurt and you were betrayed and you were disappointed. So now you become controlling. You're checking your partner's phone, you're checking their movements, you're checking the GPS because that way you can be sure that you protected yourself against the hurt, the betrayal and the disappointment that it caused you. Other times it comes with you wanting to not be embarrassed and not to be in, 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 in public as somebody who's not good enough. Mm-hmm. So you control the way you dress, the way your house looks, the way you speak to your children, what they do when they're in public, when mm-hmm. they go, what time they come home, what they eat, all of those things. So a lot of it has to do with fear. Take the time to unpack what your source of fear is, where it's coming from. And the point is we're now talking about the kind of control where it is self-harming, self-limiting, but it's also coercive and damaging to your other significant people in relationships, might even be impacting your performance at work. So look at what is the type of uh, problems it's creating for yourself, for other people, but also in the environment. Yeah, because there's also a sense, Doc, that you think you are actually right in in whatever behavior you're, you're putting forward. Is that, no, 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 your position, your point of view is the correct one. And and what if sometimes you are right? What if there's a need to to control someone, Doc? I mean, there's... <laughs> wow, let's, let's, be, let's be honest, Mo. You might be great at making khanere at every funeral and at yeah. every family function. Yes, you are the best. Yes. What is interesting is that it's not about whether you are the best or not. Mm. It is about how you are being received and how you are treating other people. Mm. The fact is, if you kick the bucket, there'll be nobody to take over the throne for you to, to make the khanere. Oh. If you are sick, there's no khanere at the funeral. Mm. So you need to be able to understand that part of what you have as a is the impact and legacy that you're creating with people. Mm. If you are leaving people feeling like, oh, good riddance, hey. then you actually create a very negative legacy in the impression that you create in other people. So the impact, the thing about emotional intelligence and personal mastery is that you recognize how people receive you and the impression, the lasting impression you want to leave with them. And you want to be able to share and impart and transfer skills and knowledge. If you're always right, that's it. You're always right. But the point is, you have not helped other people to come up behind you to be okay. If you are coming from a place of fear where you're asserting the dominance, then you remain dominant. But that means nobody can be able to support you and, and you can depend on them because you are always the one that people are depending on. So you want to have a reciprocal relationship or this interdependence with other people, mm-hmm. but not the kind of relationship where you are only the big honcho and nobody else is able to take over and lead 
you are only the leader. So you want mm. to be able to share what you're doing and be able to transfer skills and knowledge and for you to learn to depend on other people as much as they depend on you so that there's a positive in your relationship. She's, you know what I love? One thing about you, Dr. Matenchi, is that you put it to people every single time. So thank you very much for that. And also, with that being said, what kind of the different, you know, controlling behaviors do we have in our lives? Let's, let's break down the different uh, behaviors. You know how you start uh, talking to people about what time would I go hire, what is your message, why did you answer your phone at house, outside, why are you no longer talking to me, why didn't you answer me when I called you, those types of things. So you can call people in terms of their behaviors and even remind them of the mistakes and the betrayals they've cost you, right? You can control people in terms of money where you are actually checking, and I see parents doing this a lot with their kids. Say, I'm teaching you financial responsibility, but you're doing it in such a way that you're micromanaging them to the point where they resent your influence and your power over mm-hmm. them. And then they start lying to you and hiding things from you because the way you are so involved and the way you want details, they feel like they are physically under your thumb. You can also be able to control people in terms of their mental health mm-hmm. where you are damaging. You say those jabs and those saliva remarks that actually leave a person feeling down. You become an energy stealer and somebody who's like a destroyer when you're with people. So notice the types of things that you do and recognize the behaviors that you have but also the words that express your thoughts in terms of your own internal conversations and what you say to people, and then recognize your own emotions. What are the things that trigger you and how you transfer those negative emotions onto other people, whether you're deflecting or you're projecting them, so that you become aware of how you show up in your environment. But once you become aware, the thing is, for somebody who's on the receiving end, you want to give you the truth. Because people, when they're controlling, they think they are coming from the right place. Mm. So they might even try to justify and explain why they're doing it and how you were stupid in not seeing how they're trying to control and how it's helping to you. So you need to be able to come up with statements that allow you to speak to people from an authentic place where you communicate what you feel. And it is okay for you to say, I see that you're trying to help me. However, this is how I experience mm. it. It's how I feel. So that you own your feelings. You're not necessarily going with an counter-attack accusing them, but you own what you're feeling. You're able to explain that this does not sit well with me. And with parents and children, when you typically do parent guidance, where you give you feedback or your child is how they feel about you. And as a result, that's why they're lying. That's why they're not bringing up homework. That's why they're not telling you what's happening in their life. Mm-hmm. And as a result, the controlling behavior is creating a wedge between the two of you, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is, try to look at ways of how you can share control and responsibility. Mm-hmm. I spoke about positive interdependence. Yeah. When you want to give up control, look at how you can let other people ascend onto the throne, how you can learn to depend on other people and share responsibility. And sometimes just step back and let other people struggle and fail. You don't always have to be the rescuer. You don't always have to come in and assist. Yeah. Let other people learn and experiment, step back and allow them to take the shine. Yeah, you see, Doc, that's me. You just summarized me. It's, it's not that I'm controlling. It's just that some people drop the ball and I, and, and I want to step in, you know? It's not that I'm trying to control. Allow them, you know what I mean? Allow them to write their own metric. Come on, let them write their own metric, whether they fail or they repeat. <laughs> it is their metric. Step back and allow them to do what they need to do to learn what they need to do. Mm. Yeah, no, but it's it's a very crucial point mm. because sometimes, yes, um, you can't always be there to control completely the outcome of situations and in, in you end up trying to be in control because you worry that things are going to go wrong because you don't trust the person that mm. you're on this journey with, it, whatever the journey is, whether it's friendship, whether it's an intimate relationship, etc. But, uh, but, but I love yeah. the fact that the first step is to create a sense of awareness within yourself as to your own behavior. And it's a difficult thing to do, to accept. You know, if you tell someone now, Doc, that you are controlling, I mean, they're going to take offense. Yeah. You know, nobody, nobody really wants to wear the, the jersey of being controlling, but yet 
that's just who they are. So I think the first step is acknowledging. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Doc, thank you so much for your time. We are out of time. We need to make way for Sabi, but I know you're always busy with this and that. Uh, where can people get a hold of you and what are you busy with? Um, this Thursday on the 18th of August, we've got an, an amazing event for women. Um, they can go to www.sohs2022.co.za. You can also go to my Instagram page. You will see that I've posted it. It's the fourth season where we are discussing She Owns Her Success. So if you go hashtag She Owns Her Success, we want women to come. We're going to be having Lupita Nyong'o speaking. Uh, you're going to have other speakers. We're going to be doing a master class. Just looking at occupational success. What are the things that hold you back? What are the things that give you confidence as a woman? And how do you keep rising in spite of all the successes that you've had? How do you bring your best game and keep achieving more and more and more? Because more enough is never enough. You can go out there and be the best version of yourself, no matter where you are right now. Sorry, Dr. Matenji, did you just say Lupita Nyong'o is going to be in uh, this discussion as well? Absolutely. Sure. And what is interesting is that she's coming in telling a story about how she continues to rise no matter where she is right now. Powerful. And it's an issue of communicating to people that you can own your success as a woman mm-hmm. and no matter what it is that you're bringing, mm-hmm. you know, do not, do not back down. No matter what people are telling you that, ah, Marwan, you're always going for it, you're always wanting to be excellent, you can keep at it because, as we say, enough is never enough. So go join us on the conversation, www.sohs2022. .co.za to register and you can actually join us for the conversation. Done. And then it, the event begins at 2 o'clock um, on the 18th of um, August. Beautiful. Beautiful, Dr. Matenji. Thank you so much for your time and we'll catch up again next week. She is very busy on Instagram and you can find her, Dr. Tepiso Matenji, M-A-T-E-N-T-J-I-E.